Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Seven Podcast Network. Listen different. <laughs> Love it. Welcome back to Simpin' After Dark, everyone. It's your girl, Ashley Mendoza, here for a very special episode it's a halloween episode we got psycho lover volume two last year was a lot of fun so this year i had to bring my girl on to hear this shit and get into it stephanie hi i'm stephanie valenzuela master steph master steph welcome back to the podcast it's been a minute so happy to have you back happy to be back i think it's your first time this season so i was like you gotta get on here at least one episode so yeah i'm super excited we always usually get into psychology stuff because that is your thing right (laughs) like a certified doctor master (laughs) Psychotherapist. Associate marriage and family therapist. Thank you. I always forget. (laughs) Neurosurgeon. (laughs) She does something with brains, all right? So Steph is really smart. She knows all about this shit. Um, So today we're going to be talking about attachment styles in relationships specifically, and then kind of some background on them and how the research came about. Um, We're going to be talking Mariah the Scientist, which I actually just kind of started getting into her music. It took me kind of a minute. I heard her music like last year and I didn't super get into it I was like it's cool but then this year when she dropped Rai Rai Worlds I was like okay this is dope listened to it a couple times and then I was like all right I gotta do this song and then um fun little fact that I figured out while I was like looking into her is that her birthday is October 27th which is when this episode drops so if you're listening to this episode today then it's her birthday and she's a Scorpio and it's Scorpio season Halloween episodes so I was like perfect and then I went to go add the song that we're going to be doing to the Simpin After Dark playlist on Spotify and it was already on there so I was like you know what it's meant to be beautiful I love it I love when shit like that happens um yeah let me go ahead and play a clip of this song and um what else was I going to announce first? Amigas is happening soon. I think November 4th 
we're planning to drop so stay tuned with that follow it on instagram amigas the series shout out to wild seven studios for hosting as always and yeah let's get into this episode i'm super excited oh and also thank you everyone for sending in stories i know i've been asking you guys on here and on instagram we got some really juicy ones um Stay tuned. I'm going to probably read some and sprinkle them in just throughout the episode. We'll see how it goes. And also, I mentioned like probably the beginning of this season how I was reading this book called Attached about attachment styles. So we're going to get into a little bit of that. Um, But before all that, we always got to do some music. So let's go ahead and hear a clip of this song. Disappointed is the least I could say. Women would lead you astray. I guess you just wanna live life outside a cage. And I hope you'll change. But look at what we Okay, so that was the song. (laughs) It's called To You, by the way. I don't think I said that by Maria the Scientist. How do you like the song, Steph? I loved it. Um, I first heard it when, you know, you sent it to me, and I was like, wow, this is, like, dreamy, haunty kind of. Right, I love that. Like, yeah, that low-key, like, haunted vibes, for sure. A lot of her music is like that, very, like, bittersweet, um, just, like, broken-hearted undertones, but just, like, in an evil way, like, listen to her other songs like Beetlejuice and Reminders, Revenge, a song called like Nightmares or something like that. That's her vibe, which is perfect for this episode. That's why Mm -hmm. I picked her and it just all worked out. It's about just kind of grieving a relationship that is no longer, but recognizing it for all like the nice, like good things that it was, like even though it was toxic. So I don't know if this whole sentiment is a little bit toxic, like romanticizing a relationship that just went sour but just like reminiscing on it I don't know what do you think do you think that's a little toxic I don't think it's toxic I think it's real and that um you know I think everyone kind of does that especially when you're the one that's hurt um when you tend to have a recent breakup you don't really think of the bad things unless you're completely over it but you just start to reflect on like those good things and try to keep the good um, stuck in that memory and stuck in that person of just like, well, you know, yeah. I, I remember these positive things about this relationship and this person. So do you think it's kind of maybe like a coping mechanism maybe to like help you get through it? Hmm. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about getting through it. I think that it's just the, the grievance. It, like yeah. just like with the death, you think of the positive things about that person. It's really rare that you're going to be like, well, that person was like a piece of shit anyway. That's so true. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's it's almost like they died inside of you. Yeah, because that is kind of like breakups and all that relationships ending is kind of like grieving something mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're still alive, but it's a sad as fuck. And yeah. you have to like get used to them not being in your life anymore. Yeah. So just kind of like the vibe of that haunting, like that person is still haunting her where she's you know, thinking Mm -hmm. back of their memories. Yeah, and that's, like, the whole, like, uh, feeling I get from this song. Like, I feel like if you were going through a breakup, like, this song will make you cry. Like, when, like, the chorus (laughs) kicks in, it's, like, so beautiful. Yeah. Like, oh, this is so good. Um, Yeah, let's get into some of these lyrics. And by the way, she has, like, a genius, like, lyric 
video so if you want to get more into it go check that out it seems like she's still kind of in touch with the person that she wrote this song about which is kind of a little weird to me but i think it's like from a mature place where she like understands that she can never be with this dude like he is not good for her and she's kind of like at peace with it but a little bit not it seems like it and it seemed like she also told him like if you're gonna keep doing what you're doing to the other girls you know you're what you did to me then it's not going to ever work out for you. So yeah, it seems like she thing. is at a separated stance of like, yeah, to the I see what you did to me, and I see that you're probably going to repeat that behavior again. Yeah, and she could even like kind of advise him for yeah. like future relationships. Yeah. Like she wants him to be happy. Like she knows it's not going to be with her, but like she mm-hmm. still kind of is looking out for him. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Uh, verse one, she says, guess it's best to get this out in the open. Like my heart was once, but now it's closing. You were lost and a little unfocused, but maybe you hoped I wouldn't notice. And then in like the genius video, she's kind of saying how like this whole song is everything basically she wishes she would have said to him while they were together. Disappointed is the least I could say. Who knew these women would lead you astray? I guess you just want to live life outside a cage and I hope you change. That line gets me. It like makes me so sad. Like, I guess you just want to live life outside a cage. Because, like, she knows that he views being with her as, like, a trap. Like, he's in a cage. Like, he's not free. Even though to her that's not what it is. But, yeah. like, she knows that for him, like, this isn't going to happen. Yeah, he, I thought that ugh. was an interesting choice of words. Because it's, like, her saying it. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I don't I don't think she views it as a yeah, cage. Yeah, I know. Like, she loves him. I feel like she still loves him. But she knows that for him and, like, his lifestyle. Because he makes music, too. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, an artist. He's pretty big. Um, I went on a deep dive and I figured out, I think she's talking about Lil Yachty. I'm upset. (laughs) To say the least, disappointed. (laughs) Disappointed is the least I could say. (laughs) Yeah. uh, She's just very beautiful. And it seems like he has done a lot of said mean things and just made her feel very bad. It's always like that. Like some like beautiful ass chick and just some little gremlin. No offense, Lil Yachty, if you ever listen to this um all right so in the chorus she says but look at what we made sure was beautiful now i lay it in a grave now i'm all covered in dirt so okay that's her just like reminiscing and realizing like everything we had it was beautiful when we had it but now i'm literally like covered in dirt like the remnants of our relationship and like what you put me through and i just still feel like dirty from everything i'm not like in this pure clean state i was before you so it's like some real shit because i feel like every relationship you go through like you leave a little piece of yourself or Mm -hmm. like you gain like a piece of somebody else like you're not just you anymore when you're going through all this shit i think it's rare to just like go back to who you were no because i mean you're learning from something either way you're either learning in a good way or you're learning in a bad way where you're gonna you know, either be um, mistrustful of others after a shitty relationship. Cheated. Or, yeah. There, I mean, but there's a piece of that relationship that's always going to come with you. Yeah. It's like beautiful in a sad way. Mm-hmm. All right. And then she says, and I try to behave, but whenever they play our song, don't know why I feel ashamed. Don't know why I don't belong. And then in the genius video, she explains how, um, her and her ex used to listen to Blonde by Frank Ocean just, like, all the time. So she associates, like, that album with her ex. So whenever that song comes on now, like, even if she's with someone new, it just, like, shakes her up and puts her, like, in this 
funky mood where she like starts thinking about him and she's just like i don't know if, if it's upset but just like you know she's like not in a good mood anymore basically she's thinking about him and then actually in the song beetlejuice she mentions frank ocean and is like very specifically talking about him so it's definitely the same dude and that's from her past album in 2019 so she's like still making music about mm-hmm. homeboy so he broke her heart yo pretty sad but i'm happy for her thriving and like also making her mark in the music industry yeah so she, she has to hear this shit mm-hmm. too um but i think that's like the shittiest part about like breakups is not being able to like listen to music anymore even in the genius video she mentions how she isn't sure if the reason that a song can shake her up like that is because maybe she's not fully over it and like in my head i was like yeah because for me like if i feel like i still can't listen to a song because it reminds me of somebody I think it's I'm not over it. I still love them or I'm still hurt because like I can listen to everything now and I can notice a difference. Like when it's the breakup is fresh, I'll listen to music specifically that I know is going to make me cry because I just like to torture myself (laughs) and just like get it all out. I'm like, let me fucking play this song on repeat and just cry. Right. Mm -hmm. And then once like I don't cry anymore or it doesn't make me feel away anymore. That's like when I know like I'm over it and it kind of speeds up the process a little bit. So y'all should try it it's like a cathartic cathartic yeah like it just helps you get it out i think just faster yeah do you also think that if you're still not able to listen to something or if you associate with someone still and it upsets you you're not over them i would say so i would say like you know when people say oh i'm triggered that triggers me um I don't think that that's something to just like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Like, of course, respect that that's a trigger um, to somebody else. But at the same time, that person that's saying that needs to know that they still have some healing to do in that area and that they can't always just accept that they're always triggered by something. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very difficult. And of course, you know, there's a lot of things that are um, hard to overcome but just know that that's something that is an area and so this is a small thing like a song Mm -hmm. is a trigger and it it puts you back in that memory and it may be hard but that's something that's like okay I need to reflect on that yeah that's true and I wonder if there's like a difference between like maybe you are over them but you're still hurt by what they did Hmm. you think you could separate the two yeah I I mean uh, I think it's a hard separation yeah um I think it's doable like I think it's something that can be separated yeah I would probably be upset if I was like dating someone and then like a song came on and they just got in a funky mood because they reminded them of their ex I'd be like what the fuck (laughs) yeah (laughs) don't be with me then why the fuck are you still thinking about them I don't give a fuck if you're triggered fuck you (laughs) bye (laughs) take that shit personal like noted (laughs) (laughs) still in love with their ex (laughs) I don't play that (laughs) yeah um and then verse two First flight back to Atlanta five years later. Wish I listened when they told me, don't ever accept no favors. 2 a.m. in the parking garage. It's clearly a no-brainer. Should have left you last July, but I was only trying to save us. Maybe it's these memories, or maybe it's the chase, or maybe it's whenever I roll over to your face. Whatever it is, I know you don't want to be saved. No, I never thought it would go up in flames. So she's just really good with her words and just, like, giving you a good visual that's, Mm -hmm. like, just super sad. 
Like, as much as she fought for it and she knew when she should have left and she had been telling herself, like, I need to get out of this, she still tried. And I feel like that's girls do that a lot more. Like, they try oh, yeah. to just save shit until it literally is up in flames. It's like the, the motherly thing in them, you know, always trying to fix somebody, always trying to help and... You know, only, you know, if I just do this, then, you know, we'll work out. And it's always that, you know, I'm able to fix this. It's crazy how we're just like socialized to be that way. Mm -hmm. We're young. Yep. Like, why? Let's raise everybody the same. So, like, girls aren't out here fucking seriously doing this dumb shit, you know? CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, and that is pretty much the song. Um, I encourage everyone to go check out her music if you haven't. And if you have, then congrats to you. I wish I would have started listening to her earlier. Her discography isn't that huge either, at least on Spotify. I don't know if she has like other songs. But um, in this interview I was watching on Complex, she did mention that Beetlejuice was the third song that she'd ever recorded, which is on her previous album, Masters. So, like, she literally just, like, decided she wanted to make music and just started making it. There's even an interview where she's talking about how she feels like she doesn't deserve it because there's so many people that have been trying at this forever and Mm -hmm. that it just came so easy to her. It wasn't something that she had planned on. It wasn't, like, a dream of hers from when she was little or whatever. So (laughs) it's pretty interesting. Wow. Because she's just naturally good. I love her voice. It's, like deep but like her tone is really nice mm-hmm. reminds me of like summer walker a little bit and they're both from atlanta so shout out to her so now that we got that music portion out of the way we can get into some of this halloween psycho shit i'm so excited too all right so i'm trying to think if we should read a story first and which story i should read first i feel like i should have ring to them like from <laughs> the craziest Ooh. to like the more mild ones yeah because we do got um pretty wild one we got like two voice memo ones and then the other ones i'm going to read um let me start off with one just because it's kind of different from all the rest i feel like um a lot of them kind of have similar themes so i want to read one that was just a little bit different this girl said 
Oh, girl, I got one. My most recent ex tried getting me pregnant on purpose to feel secure in our relationship instead of working on things. And when I found out, he had no apologies. That's some psycho ass shit. Scary. I was like, yo, I'm pretty sure that classifies as a rape in certain states. Trying to get someone pregnant. I didn't ask details on like how he tried to get her pregnant, but that shit is not okay. I know, like, I don't know if it's California or a state that just recently classified like um taking off a condom without consent or like letting the girl know oh. as rape now wow officially because it should have been and men do trap women too it's not just women that are trying to yeah. trap men which is like the stereotype mm-hmm. but no guys that ain't shit will try to trap women too so imagine that going on in texas exactly now you can't even get an abortion that's like, scary yeah it's terrifying so yes that is some psycho shit and if a dude is ever trying to do that to you run please run save yourself all right um let's start talking about attachment i know we've kind of briefly talked about it i'm not sure how in depth we have gotten into it in previous episodes that you have been on but yeah give us the rundown so uh, in the shortest way possible, um, attachment style is something that um, starts as like an infant and um, between you and your parent. Usually, um, I would say most of the research has to do with the mother um, because it also has to do with breastfeeding and those types of things. But I would say um, it is um, how confident you feel in your surroundings um, with your parent there. So um, attachment styles. Um, If you have a secure attachment, then um, your mother is also comfortable and you are also comfortable exploring your environment while your mother's there. And if she were to leave, then you would know that I'm okay in my surroundings because I know that my mother's going to return. And so there's other type of insecure attachment styles. It seems like there's about three other ones where there's like anxious, uh, avoidant, and um, fearful, avoidant, and uh, disorganized. So I think that they all have to do, they're like insecure, and then it's like subcategories of that. So depending on how your mother was with you, um, if she was consistently maybe not there or sometimes there for you and then sometimes not, it's going to make you like anxious of like, okay, how's she going to be today? Or, you know, how am I going to be able to be in this setting? So that actually carries on to your relationships with your partners as an adult. So that's kind of what we're going to be going into of how those type of attachment styles affects your relationships. Yeah, that's crazy. And like, it's really cool and like interesting that it started as like research on like babies with like the mom and how they like realized it actually carries into like your adult relationships. And like, there's really cool information about it. It's really good to know, like, and know what your attachment style is and just become aware of it because it'll take a toll on your relationships. Then there's, like, different attachment styles that tend to, like... Clash. Yeah, (laughs) clash. And, like, I feel like you always attract, like, certain type of attachment styles, like the anxious with the avoidant. And, like, that shit's toxic as fuck. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, like, it was really interesting. Um, The book I'm reading, I think, was saying that it's pretty much, like... 50% of people that are like secure attachment and all the rest are like something else, Mm -hmm. which is wild to me because I'm like, that's one out of two people are secure attachment and I'm not like, that's crazy. (laughs) And I'm not either. (laughs) (laughs) Like one out of two and I don't like, like, what the fuck? (laughs) I know. And I think in another thing that I was reading that it was saying a majority are secure. So I'm just like, what the hell happened to me? That's not what it feels like. (laughs) It reminds me of like those like, 
tweets where people i feel like people always do these fake tweets about like oh my therapist told me this and i'm like that yeah. doesn't sound real to me but uh-huh. okay I'm but like, it was like who's your therapist because like <laughs> yeah. she shouldn't be telling you that shit <laughs> yeah or it's just like some generic shit and like you'll see somebody recycle the tweet like every month where it's yeah. like you all have the same therapist and the same fucking weird experience like, yeah stop doing that shit um but like that one where people talk about how like their therapist will ask them if they feel like they're if they have anxiety or if they're like depressed or if they are if they have depressive like episodes or whatever and people are always like yeah like don't we all and then how the therapist is like no yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's wild because i feel like if you deal with that shit you feel like it's normal because it's your normal and then you find out that no not everyone does deal with that shit yeah especially if you know you're dealing with it your whole adult life then you just assume oh everyone as an adult goes through this i guess this is growing (laughs) up yeah (laughs) yeah oh that's freaking crazy um yeah so ways to develop it is basically how you had your relationship with your parents growing up and like you know what's so weird i just like saw something about how like men can have the same impact on their babies but usually like the research is like geared more towards like women like when it comes to like breastfeeding and like those early developmental like months especially yeah how like men can also like have that connection and like do the whole like pheromones or all those hormone transference and shit like that Mm, i i haven't read too much research on the pheromones with men but um i mean it is pretty crazy how much of a difference fathers make on um you know male and female um children yeah and i feel like all of like it's all the blame is just always on the mom well guess who does the research (laughs) men of course (laughs) so they're gonna be like what are the women what are the mothers doing wrong Poor moms can't (laughs) catch a break out here like everything is your fault like if you turn into like a serial killer it's usually because of the mom yeah i'm like i could see it but i think it's because the mom usually has the relationship with the kid more so it's just like correlation but it's not really causation exactly so let's be aware of that Mm y'all um okay so let's get into i guess these different styles attachment styles more like individually and like what it looks like so secure what does that look like this 50 percent of these motherfuckers out here it's that you are comfortable in your relationship you're comfortable with your partner you have trust in your partner um, that you're able to um, be without them, separate from them. You um, you guys could independently have your own interests and still come back to each other. When you are feeling anxious or scared or worried or anything's going on, that you know that you can find comfort in your partner and that your partner will help relieve that stress. Love that. Wish that upon everybody listening. Yes. Please. <laughs> Um, okay, and then anxious attachment, what would that more look like? Uh, that seems to be more like that you are um, clinging to that person, that you're worried, um, you know, that you're not going to feel secure in your relationship. Um, you constantly need reassurance from that person. Um, and so, yeah, it could look more like you being clingy or, you know, overly needy with that Clingy people, look into it. You probably have anxious attachment style, mm-hmm. and it's probably annoying to your yeah. partner. Um, fearing um, abandonment. Yes. And I say that's annoying to your partner as somebody that identifies with a lot of anxious attachment style things, so I'm not judging nobody, okay? All right, it's hot out here. <laughs> and then uh, avoidant attachment. Avoidant attachment 
um, seems to be more like um, you are already expecting that that person is going to leave you or, you know, something is going to go wrong. So you kind of detach yourself and um, basically you're um, overly independent um, so like, I don't need anybody. I don't need my partner um, to go to this. Um, they're going to leave me anyway. I'm, I'm going to figure this out on my own. You feel like it's like you try to suppress kind of your feelings. Yeah, a little it bit. is. Well, because you're not confident that your partner is going to relieve that. And so you're suppressing it. You're not showing your emotions. You're not um, uh, expressing your emotions um, or like your feelings of what's going on. You're just thinking like, well, they're not going to help me anyway. Or maybe I might be bothering There's them. There's no point. So what's the point of expressing myself? Yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder if that's like, I feel like that's, this is based on zero research on my half. I'm just saying like, I feel like guys are more like that way than anxious. Because I feel like when girls are usually like complaining and like toxic relationships, it's like the girl's always trying to get through to the guy. Like, I just can't seem to connect with him. Like he won't like open up emotionally or tell me any of his feelings. Yeah, and um, I would think that that probably has to do with, like, a cultural thing that, um, you know, especially at least coming from someone that um, is coming from a Hispanic family, that, you know, men aren't really allowed to express their emotions. So, um, you know, if the son was going to their, you know, very Hispanic mother and, you know, expressing, it's just like, oh, you're being a baby, relax, or, you know, these kinds of dismissive things where it's just like, okay, well, now I learned that I need to comfort myself and um, I can't really express how I'm feeling. I'm probably going to be bugging my partner and that I'm not able to express all my worries because they're just going to be annoyed and like, you know, okay, get over it kind of thing. It's so sad. I feel like, yeah, definitely like men are socialized to like kind of end up being like yeah. in an avoidant attachment. And which, which would be a terrible thing for an anxious person to have, right? Because for they're real. constantly needing this reassurance. But this person doesn't know how to express themselves. And so they may not even also know how to comfort their partner either because if they don't know how to express it, then they're not going to know how to express it back to that person. And so that's going to leave this more fear and more disconnect between the couple. Yeah. And like actually in that book, Attached, that I'm reading, which, by the way, if anyone wants to check it out, it's called um, Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment. And how it can help you find and keep love by Amir Levine, MD, and Rachel S.F. Heller, M.A. But it's really interesting. And there's a point where they kind of introduce this one couple. It's based on just like them watching this survival like race type of show. But they give them like fake names. It's like Karen and uh, Joseph or something. I don't know. Um, and she has anxious attachment style and then he has avoidant attachment style. So in like this TV show, it was like you have to compete against other couples. So they're a team and then they almost won. And like towards the end, they gave this one example where it was they had to bungee jump and he was like really scared and didn't want to. And she kept kind of like trying to offer her support and he just like didn't want it. And he like kind of made her feel bad for like trying to help him. And then he took too long. So like. They ended up losing that round, and then there was another round. I forgot what they were doing, but she, like, you could see that she was just trying to, like, hold his hand, like, for, like, she wanted support. Like, she was scared, and he just would kind of brush it off and not give her that, like, support that she wanted. And then later on, they ended up interviewing them, and she just felt like she was doing too much. Like, she shouldn't have been so clingy and, like, searching for 
his comfort and she felt she blamed herself for them losing pretty much but it's definitely like that anxious avoidant dynamic Mm -hmm. and there's like a bunch of different examples i have like stuff bookmark in here but i think it's time to get another little story all right no, I kind of want to save the audio ones for later because they're kind of heavy, okay? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, this one, this girl emailed me. She said, hey, hey, okay, so my baby daddy was a big-ass cheater. I was at work this one fine morning, and his messy-ass mom calls me and is like, hey, is that you on the phone with him? Because he said he's about to leave. I'm like, no, I'm at work. The fuck is going on? At this point, I already had suspicions he was cheating with his one with this one chick. So I hit the girl and was like, you better not be with him, blah, blah, blah. She's like laughing at me, telling me, yeah, I'm at his house, pull up, etc. Trying to fight, in parentheses, lol. So I pull up. Mind you, I don't know how she looks, but she knows how I look. I'm peeping to see if I see a chick looking like she's ready to fight. <laughs> So then my baby daddy comes down and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Blah, blah, blah. The girl kicks my car and I've ruined my car forward trying to hit her car on the curb and everything. And she backs up, laugh my ass off. I could have hit this hoe and ended up in court. The end. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? (laughs) Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Baby daddy and baby mama drama is wild. Like the yeah. disrespect of this fucking man. Like first you're cheating on someone and then you have the audacity to like try to make your baby mama look stupid and have her pull up and fight this chick mm. and be on the other girl's side. Yeah. Lord, like, oh my God. These men do not deserve women or children or a baby mother. None of that. Be careful out there, y'all. Yeah, don't stoop to their level. Straight up. I mean, it's so tempting. It is. I feel like revenge. Especially when you're that pissed off and, you you know, someone's, like, taunting you, you know? For real. It's I feel tough. like especially once you have, like, kids involved, I feel like you just feel like you're that much more, like, like you have, like, ownership over your partner, like, type thing. I can't think of, like, a better word. But, like, it's, like, if somebody tries to fuck with that, like, your instincts, like, kick in harder more than if you didn't have kids. Because you know that you're 
most likely going to that person is going to be in your life for years because of that child yeah and it's like so, your family's being threatened yeah like, as a unit yeah and then you start thinking i would start thinking like i don't want this bitch like fucking around my children like yeah uh-uh. i can't imagine like praying for all the baby mamas <laughs> out there that have drama with the baby dads because lord i could not do it could not do it i would have ran that bitch over <laughs> <laughs> both of them like fuck y'all i'm living my life with my child and y'all could die all right so let's get into some of my notes here okay so page 21 class attachment principles teach us that most people are only as needy as their unmet needs when their emotional needs are met and the earlier the better they usually turn their attention outward This is sometimes referred to in attachment literature as the dependency paradox. The more effectively dependent people are on one another, the more independent and daring they become. So that, like, and they were tying in to, like, the Karen and what name did I give him? Joseph. Mm -hmm. About how, like, if she was able to depend on him and he was able to depend on her, like, both securely, they would have felt more like free and confident doing these fucking crazy ass adventures and probably one number one and one million dollars or like how much ever the fucking prize was. Mm-hmm. And like there's another um, part where it talks about how a lot of research and like it's for babies and like relationships, how they were trying to push the whole like just let your baby soothe themselves type of thing. And like then to like adult relationships kind of translates to the whole thing about you should be able to find your happiness within yourself and not rely on your partner to make you feel better, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, to a degree. But apparently what they were referring to was more about like people that were dealing with um, like parents or like adults with like addiction and things like that, where it was like more for you to be able to detach from that and not Mm. really like a regular relationship where you don't have that. So people started like misconstruing it. And it reminds me of, like, that quote with, like, Will Smith. It was, like, a video that was, like, going viral where he's talking about, like, I told Jada, like, I can't make you happy. I just felt like I could never make her happy. And I just said, like, you need to prove to me that you can be happy on your own. Like, your happiness is not my responsibility, blah, blah, blah. And, like, everyone loved it, ran with it. He makes some points, but, like, at the end of the day, you are responsible for trying to, like, be your best person for your partner and like you should fucking care about making your partner happy like why are you with someone if you like are like it's not my fault like "Mm, oh you're sad oh you're insecure or like you're needy like not my fault find happiness within you like happiness is inside you nothing to do with me that's like low-key toxic i think and i think that you play a certain role as a partner so i'm supposed to make you happy in this relationship I can't make you happy in every aspect of your life, but yeah. if I make you happy in this relationship, that's the par- where the paradox thing comes in. If I'm making you secure in this relationship, then you're going to be secure to do your own thing. Exactly. You know, and um, you know, I would uh, give my sister as a great example. Her and her husband have a very good relationship in that way, where um, one if one person is working hard and struggling in this thing in their job area, then the other person is giving full full support as a partner as a strong partner to get them to get out of that hump and then they're like okay you know and so it's just like it's not oh let me help you with the thing that you're struggling with no let me help you feel secure and confident so that you could work through this thing on your own exactly that's so important Mm -hmm. for real yeah I think like if you 
push your partner away and make them feel like they can't depend on you for like support, that's just going to breed more insecurity, more of like an anxious attachment or an avoidant attachment where like they feel like they can never come to you. So it doesn't matter. And that's just going to like make you guys break up in the long run. Yeah. You can't count on each other. It's not good for nothing. And the attachment is almost like, like the if you look back at a child, the mother is home base. Um, So the room is like their crazy place to explore you know your tiny little baby and so you have but when you get scared or something gets weird over in the room then you're able to go back to mom and be like okay now I'm back safe with my mom well as partners it's like okay I'm dealing with this stressful job right now or you know this is going on with my family but guess what I always get to go home back to my partner and he makes me feel safe and so it's the same thing it's your home base as an adult yeah like if you don't have that home base you're just gonna be running around the room crying, not functioning in life. Because if you knew, like, you have a home base, then as a baby or as, like, a partner, you're going to be like, let me go over here and make some friends. Like, let me go over here and play with these toys or build some blocks or whatever because you know it's all good. Home base is here. Instead of crying and not functioning in life. Yeah. And just, like, all your focus is on your relationship and whether it's going to work or not whether they're coming back are they gonna leave you like that's not a healthy way to live like you're not gonna function well in society in your job with your friends family in any other aspect Mm -hmm. if you can't have like a good home base like that yep exactly like relationships are important and like i love how in the book it also like breaks down why we're like that like biologically back to like when it was like hunter gatherer days and all that it explains why relationships are important and why we have relied on relationships to survive you're very social creatures yeah and it's just like a natural thing to want a relationship and like you're not crazy for trying to make shit work you just need to find somebody with like a secure attachment or like try to have a secure attachment basically yeah and if you have the insight that you don't have secure attachment like ashley and i (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) then you know you have the insight let your partner know when you do this this is how it makes me feel because they may it may not be something where you know you normally should act that way in that situation and you're aware of that and just say like this is what this is how I feel versus like getting angry at them or them getting angry at you so that they can understand where you're coming from and they can know for next time. And, you know, it's always good to say like in this situation, you know, can I do this? Um, and even if so, especially with like anxious attachment, it's like um, say like the girl, like she tried to hold, you know, her husband's hand in that competition and he didn't want to. Right. So say that that was something that makes her always feel comfortable. Can I hold your hand when I feel like this? And so if he says yes, then she could feel secure in a future instance and say like, hey, if I reach for your hand, will you grab it back? And he says yes. That's going to make me feel more confident that I could do that in the future. Yeah, instead of him being like, oh, this bitch is being clingy. Yeah, and for him to understand, look, this is why I was trying to hold your hand and you rejected me. And if you reject me like this again, then I'm not going to feel comfortable in my relationship. I can't even count on you. Like, I can't even come to you, my man, to make me feel better and regulate my emotions. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Which is, like, another thing. And here, a good example. This is all in, I've read 30 pages, you guys. I'm learning so much, okay? (laughs) 30 pages. Page 29, or no, page 27. They're talking about, like, this study. Okay, so it was, like, all the women came into, like, a little setting where they do MRI scans, and they were going to monitor their, like, brain activity. Um, Steph will explain it better once I just do a quick rundown. (laughs) Um, 
But basically, they told them before that they were going to give them, like, a mild, like, shock. So, just to get them, like, stressed out to, like, read how um, their brainwaves, like, changed when they held somebody's hand. So, like, some of them, they just had nobody's hand to hold. They were just by themselves. And then other ones um, held the hand of just, like, a nurse or, like, somebody right there, right? And then the other ones got to hold their husband's hand. And then there was even a difference between um, people that reported a higher, like, uh, happiness in their marriage. Like, the reaction versus people that reported less satisfaction with that. So, um, I don't know if you can explain better, like, the science behind all that. It was, like, the hippo. Yeah, fucking uh, it was the hypothalamus, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think so. Um, so, the hypothalamus is um, the part of your brain that regulates everything. Um, your sleep, appetite, heart rate, those types of, you know, functioning kind of things. Um, so basically they were doing an MRI on the hypothalamus to see, um, if it was able to regulate itself back to like homeostasis when they were stressed out. So it seemed like they were probably also checking like the heart rate and stuff, if they were able to like lower their heart rate, if they held someone's hand. So I think, um, with the people that were happy in the relationship and they were able to hold their husband's hand that they um, were able to regulate themselves and go back to like a regular, um, homeostasis. And then for the ones that weren't happy, then it didn't do much of a difference, right? It didn't really help. Yeah, like the dip was much less significant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it just their conclusion was, furthermore, the women who benefit most from spousal hand-holding were those who reported the highest marital satisfaction. And then it says, the study demonstrates that when two people form an intimate relationship, they regulate each other's psychological and emotional well-being. Their physical proximity and availability influence the stress response. How can we be expected to maintain a high level of differentiation between ourselves and our partners if our basic biology is influenced by them to such an extent? So it's like good to know and it's like kind of lets people know that it's normal that like you depend on your partner to like regulate your emotions. But then it like is good to also like be able to separate that and like be aware of it so that you can know that you can also calm yourself down you know like you don't need to depend on someone but it's good to know that you can and if you're mm-hmm. going to be with someone make sure to be with someone that will do that for you yeah willingly so there was a couple other attachment styles i feel like there's the three main ones that we talked about like anxious anxious avoidant and secure and then i don't know if you were able to find like a difference between like the fearful avoidant and so like the regular? fearful avoidant because it was like fearful the avoidant, fearful and avoidant i believe is the disorganized oh okay um it was like fearful avoidant slash disorganized oh okay um so that one was a combination of the anxious and avoidant so what i was reading was that it was closely related to people with um, borderline personality disorder where it's like they really want to be close with others, but they're so scared of being abandoned that um, it's like a flip of a switch where it's like, Oh, I wanted to be close to you. And now I'm just going to completely shut off. And like, I don't want to, you know, express anything to you. (laughs) Oh yeah. That does sound very borderline. Yeah. So that's, that seems like what it was mostly um, about. It's like, it's like a pretty rough combination. Yeah. Like the, TikTok example I saw because I just saw it last night and then I like sent it to you because I was like, wait, I found another one Um, is basically the girl. It's just like it shows like her thoughts and she's just like, damn, like I wish he would text me like I miss him so much. Like I love him. Like I don't want to lose him. Like 
fuck why can't we just talk like blah 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 but then like her actions are just like the complete opposite like Mm -hmm. she's just not texting him not putting in any effort on her end not explaining to him how she feels just ghosting him like not trying to talk it out at all like just trying to like put on like a cold hard front and just like ghost him basically because she like knows that she's probably gonna get abandoned or rejected even though she wants to be close so bad yeah so that sucks yeah so this is a simple way to say it you want to play with others but no one has ever taught you how oh damn (laughs) that is sad that is really sad yeah so you just have no idea how to express it that's so crazy yeah so how do you think you like learn how to express these things like is it just like learning terms or like how the fuck do you practice like saying the right thing you know, I think it, I mean, I think it is learning terms and just practicing. I always say this and I know no one likes to journal, but I swear <laughs> <laughs> journaling is so helpful. So, I feel so like helpful. I know how like good journaling could be, but I just can never bring myself to do it. But I know like it's probably so fucking like useful, especially like if you want to like study yourself and gather like your own data on yourself and see your own patterns. Yeah. And because if you're not ready to hear yourself talk out loud of expressing that emotion, that can be extra scary, I think. And a lot of people don't even like to hear their own voice. Um, And so writing it down um, and putting it away in a safe place or whatever, if you feel like that's the best way to really get your emotions out and to really start like defining them a little bit better so you might be more dramatic at the beginning you're like actually that's not how I feel <laughs> and you're able to reflect and like read back and then you could read like back do like a that. first draft yeah, second draft but <laughs> I mean it really does help and then eventually you'll be able to actually know how you're feeling and be able to express it yeah. but you have to have that secure person that you know whether it is a partner or a friend and that's also what um the attachment thing it yes it has to do with partners but a lot of these people that have these attachment styles it's um, pretty similar with their friends too of um, how close they get to their friends and stuff and um, so that is something what find somebody that you could feel secure with to be able to express yourself freely and then you know work work your way into someone that maybe you may be more fearful of being that vulnerable to interesting i normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I just, yeah, okay, so I feel like, so it carries over into other relationships in, like, your life, like, not just, like, your romantic relationships, right? I feel like probably a good way of, like, seeing who has, like, what attachment style would maybe be, like, to see who's good in groups of people. 
like who makes friends more easily who goes in the corner and keeps to themselves but it's not only that though because you think about like um i was reading that they may have a lot of friends but they don't have any um close friends or they may not have very many close friends because they don't know how to get that intimate with others and so um to to kind of reflect on that, you know, just to to figure out like, okay, how how um, fearful am I of being that vulnerable with others? Yeah, like you may have a lot of friends, but like, do y'all go deep? Yeah, like how much do you really know about them? Like, do you really feel comfortable opening up to people? Like, how many people do you have that you can really open up to? Yeah, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with having only two people, like or one person or whoever, yeah. but it's just like if you don't feel comfortable with anyone around you of going deep and you feel like you have all these hidden thoughts and that's something to, you know, yeah. really reflect on. Cuz then it's like you're probably thinking like nobody can ever know who I really am cuz then they're going to leave me cuz exactly. nobody will like the real me. That's not healthy cuz you should be able to open up to at least somebody in your life, you know? <sighs> Crazy um yeah so that was disorganized attachment style so it's just all over the place and it's the fucking worst one to have (laughs) (laughs) and it's the hardest one to work through (laughs) damn that's crazy i feel like i have that too i don't know i know i don't know what the heck i have is it like a test to take these yeah i actually did see online that there's a test on uh psychology today um there's a test that you could take on there so interesting and maybe you know that's you feel like comfortable just using the internet real quick so you could kind of gauge where you're at and test it out on your, you know, close people, then yeah. give it a shot. <laughs> That's like a good way to just like not go in blind to yeah. just, you know, take the test, see where you land and then look if into it. you have a partner, it. have your partner take the test. Yeah. So important. See where you guys clash. For real. Um, and then that kind of goes into like on and off relationships. Actually, it was funny. There was like a couple people that hit me up that kind of wanted me to talk about this topic. And I was like, this definitely ties into attachment style. So we could talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, on and off relationships. And like pretty much like the psychology behind that. And um, one person just hit me up. It was like an Instagram post. And they were like, oh, you should get into this. Like, it's so interesting. Like the on and off relationships and how that's unhealthy. And just like a pattern that like you need to fix. And somebody else was like, yeah, I used to like deal with this guy. I still kind of am, but like, I know he's not good for me, but I just keep going back. Like I can't seem to cut him off. Like I just don't know what to do. So I feel like that just has to do with attachment styles. Yeah. I, I would think that an on and off relationship would, it's almost, um, I would say it's the disorganized if you think about it, because uh, sometimes you could feel attached and, you know, that person's willing to attach to you. And then at other times it's off and you're just completely shooing them away and then you're back. So it's kind of like this up and down. Um, And it's, you're, I feel like being on and off is um, an inability to express yourself clearly from the beginning. And so there's just always some kind of misunderstanding where you guys break up, but obviously there's still something there where you guys go back. Um, So it can be comfortability. It can be fearful that you're not going to find somebody else and you're already comfortable with this person. So, um, you know, maybe you need space and then, but then you're like, oh, well, you know, I can't find anybody. And then, so I, I'm going to go back to this person because what if I don't find anybody again? Yeah. I feel like for sure it's the disorganized thing because it's like, if you get in a fight and you just break up, it's probably because you both don't know how to express yourself, yeah. even though you want. And it's on and off because you still want to be together. Yeah. So it's like you don't actually want to break up. But you just don't know how to fucking use your words. Yeah. So you just keep breaking up, getting back together. Like, 
that push and pull and that's mm-hmm. not healthy and that can have a lot of damage in the long run on a relationship because it's like you can't rely on that person and, and that then just it becomes goes back more to baggage <laughs> yeah it's baggage and then it's just like literally that thing of being able to count on someone like your yeah. home base like yeah. if you can't have a home base if you're on and off and you can't rely on someone to just be like your rock you know yeah yeah so i would just say cut that shit off and just do it cold turkey yeah that's me either either you're gonna fully go for it but if you feel like you can't and and then it's off again then it's just like at this point why you know and you just gotta cut it yeah cold turkey do it all right so we got some more stories i think i have one more to read and then we can do all the other ones um and this was from a girl by the way that sent me this I was about 16 years old dating a 21-year-old, and she gave me ecstasy for the first time. And I got hit by a car, broke my pinky because I was so out of it. And then when I saw her, I threw her to the floor, got on top of her, grabbed her by the jaw, and I told her I was going to kill her for what she did to me. And then she called the police, and I went to court, and they gave me the option, either I go to juvie or I go to a mental hospital. So I picked the mental hospital. (laughs) Lord, Lord, Lord. (laughs) I mean, that's valid. Beat someone's ass for yeah. leaving you when you're on fucking drugs like yeah. that. Especially someone older. Yeah, someone 21 leaving a 16-year-old to deal with that shit by herself. Like, like you're like, 21. You're the older one. Like, if you want to be fucking weird dealing with, like, little kids, at least fucking act like you're older seriously. and take care of them. Yeah. Like, not cool. That's so, yeah, like the age gap thing is already weird. And then leaving someone when you give someone ecstasy for the first time, like the first time you do a drug, like you should be taken care of for sure. Like you should not just fucking leave someone like they could literally die. That's insane. Yeah. So Steph, you've worked in mental hospitals and jails. So yeah, I I work in both right now. Oh, you do? Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, so what would you, what would you, you think she made the right choice? She definitely made the right choice. Um, mental hospitals, way more comfortable and safe (laughs) than I would say a jail. Do you think it depends on the hospital? Because I feel like I've also heard that like people think that it's better to go to a mental hospital, but sometimes it's not. Maybe it depends what you get put in for. So at least at the mental hospital that I work at, um, when you go to bed in the, there's two people sleeping in each room, right? But they have to leave the door open and you are constantly being checked on every 15 minutes. Um, and we are checking that you're at least breathing three times. So we're getting a very close check-in on you. Um, whereas a jail, I mean, juvie definitely different. I'm yeah. sure juvie is different. I've never seen what a juvie looks like, so I'm not sure. But um, in a regular jail, those doors are locked um, and you're stuck in there with your celly and your cellmate. And um, you don't know what that person's like. So actually, there was an incident that happened yesterday where this girl kicked her celly's ass and she tried to push the button for help, but her celly didn't let her. So she got like the shit. She had, a, she had was hospitalized. So I would definitely rather be in a mental hospital where people are constantly monitoring me and like a door's open for me to run out. (laughs) But also the food's better in a mental hospital. Um, The the, the beds are slightly more comfortable. You get your own, you get your own shower. (laughs) So we're talking like a Hilton hotel versus motel six. Exactly. Um, If if you have the option. (laughs) 
I feel like, I don't know, like, where I've heard this or if it's, like, movies or something where it's just, like, if you go to a mental hospital and, like, you don't actually have issues and you go to, like, maybe, like, a really bad one where it's just, like, the people with the more severe issues where, like, they, like, make you take, like, pills and stuff like that. And then you can end up stuck there and, like, they don't believe you because once you're in, they just think you're crazy no matter what you say type thing. I feel like that's more theatrical. Um, okay. Unless you went to Patton where, it, like, it's, like, a more of a long-term um, criminally insane mental hospital. But other mental hospitals, um, it's, like, a month, I would say, max. But you're never stuck there. We don't want to keep you there that long. Okay. <laughs> we want you out. Like, you know, let's help you recover let's stabilize you and let's get you out but like keeping someone for more than that and actually in mental hospitals they can't force you to take medication unless okay. you're being aggressive or you're harming yourself so okay. um you know you can actually say I, I don't want medication okay so these movies are wrong or maybe this was like back in the day or something definitely okay so maybe yeah. it's just like period pieces back or in the that day they there was like the, um a mental hospital i interned at they actually were able to chain people underground and keep them there oh my god so things have changed and i know <laughs> so that it can still be very stigmatizing to get sent to a mental hospital but it actually is just to stabilize you and there is really nice people there um for the most part you know there's obviously bad experiences but it's not as scary as some people think it is okay yeah i think it's mostly just like um shows and tv that are set in like back then oh yeah because i'm thinking like the more recent one like um, to kill mockingbird <laughs> oh my god no um that chess series that was like on Netflix, oh, uh -huh. so that girl, where like they have to get in line and take their pill, and like they'll like make you like open your mouth and make sure that you swallowed it. Like every single day, you have to go get your pills and shit yeah. like that. But like now that I'm thinking, it's more older, like shit that's set in like the past. Yeah. So definitely, if you guys have the choice, go to the mental hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So now for these next two, um, I want to give a quick, just like a trigger warning, just cause, um, has to deal with like narcissistic abuse, um, yeah, domestic violence. Yeah. And all of that. So proceed with caution. Um, yeah. And thank you so much again for everyone for submitting. And I hope that these stories can help people and make you feel not alone and recognize what you're dealing with if you are dealing with it and you don't realize that it's bad you know um steph i think you have basically i was 25 um and i was on tinder looking for a match or looking for someone hot to talk to so that's how I met my ex. We met through Tinder and, you know, everything was so good. Everything was like a honeymoon stage, you know. I hadn't had a boyfriend in a while and I was a single mom already. So to meet a new person was kind of like, oh, wow, I found love again. And it's just crazy. So here goes. Basically, um, you know, we kind of like hit it off and I really liked him. I liked a lot of his personality, you know. Um, Basically, I was really attracted to him physically, his tattoos, he was handsome, but that wasn't all, like, I guess, because I fell in love with him so fast through Tinder and it's through pictures and through small text messages, you know, you don't know a person all the way. So, after that, um, basically, you know, he ended up just making me feel like he was Mr. Right, and... I introduced him to the family and everybody loved him. He was such a good guy, handyman, doing all kinds of things to my car. 
you know, fixing tires and everything, you know, the brakes, all this crazy stuff. I had no idea that I would have to be paying, like, a bunch of money at a mechanic shop. So, he kind of, like, swept me off my feet a little bit with a lot of the things that he did and knew how to do. So, we ended up, you know, establishing a relationship really quick. And he told me that he wanted to get with me. And um, I told him, yeah, you know, so we ended up dating. And like four months later, I was dating, I found out I'm pregnant, I get kicked out of my house, I had to move in with him, and then here's where the crazy began. He ended up just being a supportive boyfriend in the beginning of the pregnancy, you know, very happy, you know, he never had a child before, so it would be his first child. And so after that, um, I started, you know, being very pregnant, so, um... I noticed that he had little weird patterns on him, like, um, he started, like, detaching himself from me, like, if the pregnancy, like, detached, like, distanced ourselves more, like, not with the baby, but with me and him, like, I was always, like, on him, like, why are you not doing this with me, and this and that, well, finds out that, turns out that he ended up just, like, being bored, I guess, and just wanted to, like, hang out with friends. But he would, he would go out and he would, like, you know, started doing all these things I had no clue about. Like, he started doing drugs and all this shit. So, I started getting, like, unattracted to him throughout the, the pregnancy and the relationship already. Like, I was stressed out. Like, a lot of crazy things, you know. And for him to make me feel like that, it was just too much. So, I ended up um, having the baby and, um, you know, it was kind of normal for a little bit. And so after that, I noticed, like, you know, like, he stopped working, and he was, he was, like, just being at the house, and it just, like, kind of changed him, you know? So I ended up, um, having the baby, so then he, like, would say he would have dreams about, like, you know, when we would get into fights and how, like, like, God was talking to him and everything about, like, changing his life around and all this stuff, right? So he started telling me all these things. Then he started doing drugs, and then he, um, you know, just, I just had no clue. Like, I don't know why I'm so stupid. I had no clue the type of drugs he was using, I guess, because I don't use those type of drugs. I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, what happens to your body? How to find out symptoms of well, he became very toxic, girl, and, um, I don't know, we started fighting a lot, we ended up, like, cheating on each other, but it was more like, I would only talk, but he actually would meet up with people, you know? He, like, hacked my, um, Instagram, and my, um, you know, he hacked my Instagram, he hacked my, um, my social medias, my phone, my Google, he would, like, find out where I was at, and he even wanted me to, like, download this freaking app where we would track each other to establish trust, which is so stupid. So at this point of our relationship, which lasted, like, three years, um, off and on, going, like, back and forth, um, I would kick him out of the house, he would come back. I would kick him out of the house, he would come back. And then, like, it started to get to a point where it was just so crazy that... He would slash my tires so that I wouldn't go looking for what he was where he was at. He didn't want me to have like any transportation. He didn't want me to have any f way to like find out where he what what he was really doing. 
then um, he tried to do the manipulating thing. He was very like abusive and all this stuff. So he did turn very crazy, you know. So to me, it was like I've never had anybody do that, you know. And like just do the manipulating thing, like blame everything on you and all this stuff, you know. When you know in reality that it could be two people's faults for a lot of things, you know what I mean? But he was just like in denial, like just saying it was me, that it was me. I made him many ways that he said that I made him turn me around. But so, girl, we had to end that relationship. Unfortunately, I ended up being a single mom again. And basically, I never spoke to him again. And right now, things are complicated because we have a child. But um, yeah, that's my story. Basically, I. You know how somebody could just seem like they're Mr. Perfect and Mr. Right and then it's just like your whole life and everything turns upside down. So that was a really tough call for me. Um, but luckily I'm, you know, moving forward now. I have a different mindset and I'm so thankful that, you know, I was able to see a lot of things that I couldn't see before. So yeah, just heads up to everybody, you know, going through you know, their stage of honeymoon and, you know, still be aware and still always be cautious of the person that you're with because you just never know who they really are, you know? Facts. Yo. <sighs> so glad you left that shit and made it out alive because those type of situations do not end well for a lot of women. Mm. And then, like, my first thought um, at the beginning was, like, she got love-bombed. Yeah. Like the doing shit for you, being Mr. Perfect, just taking shit off your plate, all that. And that's how they get you. Mm. And like, that's why you got to like be careful and just be with people for like a minute before you decide to move in. And like, that's hard, especially like if you get pregnant. Yeah. <sighs> that's so sad. But um, I said narcissist. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be able to tell just off of that. But it does sound like he did take advantage that she was a single mother. And um, he, like you said, love bombed and um, was showing her um, all the provider, um, you know, flags of just like, oh, like, look at he's, you know, um, fixing up my car, doing all this and everything and showing like, oh, like he'd be a great father you know, for him, her to want him to stick around because she does have to be a protective person um, when she has a child. And so he was really showing her where she was feeling comfortable to introduce him to the family and all those things. So it is scary that um, even if a person seems like they're, you know, perfect well at the beginning, yeah. that you still have to have that. It's kind of sad to just still think like, well, I like still got to kind of see how it is more long term. Right. Ugh. Yeah, but I'm glad you got through it, girl. Yeah, and like you got your babies, so just take care of them, and you could still find a good man even if you have other kids from relationships. You see it all the time. Just don't feel like you're not worth it, or like yes. you're not like valuable or whatever. Like there's actually a lot of people out there that would want to take care of you and your family and provide for you and be a good person for you. But like, I'm glad that you know now, like what that looks like what those yeah. red flags look like because a lot of people go through that and like that's the sad part is like you don't really know until you go through it mm -hmm. unless like somebody has talked to you about it but like even then like a lot of times people don't learn their lessons until they go through it themselves yeah. and it's hard to like 
know when you're in that situation, like with narcissists specifically, whether he is or he's not. But um, follow on TikTok that guy, Mental Healness, I think. I'll add his thing. I, like, used a clip of his before for another episode because mm-hmm. he's, like, a self-aware, like, self-diagnosed self-aware narcissist. And, like, his information is just, like, so insightful and just, like, good to know. And, like, it's coming from someone with, like, diagnosed narcissism. So him, like, telling you shit, like, he acts out, like, the way people would talk like in a relationship like when you're like the partner and he's like the narcissist and just like so many people in the comments are just like damn like this is so like familiar like this is my husband or blah 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 and it's just like crazy but pretty much just like arm yourself with just knowledge and knowing and now you know better mm-hmm. um yeah so this next one is a little bit longer and um it's also just super intense so trigger warning once again Um, This one's a lot more in detail, so. This might not be psycho, but it is kind of psycho. To me, it's extremely psycho for the fact that this person I was last in a relationship with met him over Tinder for the fact that I moved to a new city and I had no friends and I just wanted, you know, some homies to kick it with, to vibe out and smoke out with, whatnot. Long story short. Met him on Tinder, met up with him after work, vibed out, you know, everything was cool. He ended up telling me this whole fucking false-ass story upon that he just got out of jail because his baby mama, you know, did a false DV report on him and that she was psycho, that she was the one, you know, doing the whole fucking fucking around and cheating on him and claiming that he would beat her up when she was doing it to herself, that she would lock herself up in the restroom and hit herself and bang herself on the walls and, you know, all this crazy shit. And to make it worse, his mom and his brothers saying the same exact fucking story, saying that the baby mom was psycho, that, you know, she was doing all this shit to hurt herself, to claim that he was doing it, and, you know, so on. So two months into the relationship, He's over here talking to me upon, oh, I'm fucking done, I'm gonna move to Arizona. My cousin already told me, like, let me just go back, since my family's giving me bullshit, and, you know, I'm just tired of the shit, I'm tired of being treated like shit, I'm tired of everybody putting me down, you know, I'm the black shoe of the family, like, literally doing everything everything to fucking brainwash me manipulate me and so on so between those two months he ends up getting into this argument with his whole family like some shit popped off with his brothers and who goes in on some cycle shit and he just popped off you know talking shit to his grandpa and telling his grandpa like if you're just trying to kick me out like just tell me now you know like being so fucking psycho like Literally, like, trying to score up with his grams and all that shit. And so his grandpa kicked him out that night. He got all his shit. He took it out. And he just had it there. Actually, he packed it in my car. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not about to fucking, you know, fuck up my life because of you. Like, I'm not going to move out of Cali. I'm not going to move away from my family because of you just because you want to. Like... Not still there, you know, trying to be the good person that I am. 
time, you know, like, just work it out with your family, you know, don't worry, do, do, do. and then he starts getting mad, like, you know, he just fucking starts being on bipolar, like, you know what, fuck you too, fuck everybody, you don't give a fuck about me, you don't love me, you know, fuck that, da, da, da. He gets everything on his car. He starts tossing all of my shit that I had. My personal belongings from my car. Breaking shit. You know. And then arguing with me. And then he ends up fucking pulling my necklace off. And throwing it. And at that point I was like dude. Like oh yeah, like trying to cry for help. And his family gives no fuck. Like his mom just walks up the stairs. You know. minding her own business. Like at that point I was like dude. Like what the fuck is wrong with you, like, this is some cycle cycle shit, and he just goes off on me, like, the whole night, so after that, I guess he kept his cool, whatnot, I ended up still fucking going home, I didn't give a fuck, I was like, you know, fuck you, like, I don't give a fuck where the fuck you sleep at, like, this is your shit, you know, like, you cause it upon yourself, ended up inviting him to celebrate my sister's birthday with us, and, you know, that night was whatever, the next day, we went out to eat. I took him out to eat because he was a broke-ass fool. He started getting all crazy because some fool just kept licking at him. Like, some fool just kept dogging him. And this fool was already drunk, you know, buzzing with them. Going crazy, like, oh, I'm going to fuck that fool up. You know, fuck that shit. Like, I'm some crazy shit again. And I'm over here trying to calm him down, like, being super fucking embarrassed. Because I'm like, dude, like, this is not the place. He ends up fucking driving because he wants to go hit a dispensary. And he's driving like a fucking maniac. And I'm just like, oh no. Like, so I'm doing the most, you know, trying to like fake the whole, like, I need to throw up. Like, please stop the car. Like, I need to throw up. And he did not give a fuck. Like, and I started, you know, making myself gag more. And that's when he, like, tried turning into this parking place. He ends up fucking popping my tire. And let me tell you, my car was only like, four days old literally like i just got my fucking car fucks up my car still drives it with the fucking tire pop fucks up my tire and all that and as i'm waiting because i caught the tow truck this fool starts going psycho like going down the street you know starting shit with the security guard at this one fucking company the security calls the cause that fool over here trying to cry wolf like nah like he tried getting crazy with me like we're just waiting here we're waiting for the tow truck do 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 all that and the cops talks to me and my dumb ass instead of saying oh yeah like he's out here trying to threaten me like you know he keeps calling me a bitch you know he's saying that he's gonna sock me out like you know, he, at that moment, like, he blocked out, I guess. Like, his, like, his emotions turned off and he became, like, this evil-ass fucking person. And there I was, like, a fucking dumbass, manipulated as fuck, like, backing him up, telling the cops, no, no, like, you know, we're just here, like, I don't know, do 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 So after that, like, he goes crazy, he takes off. Well, my sis, my mom and my sister get there because my mom's fucking talking shit to me, like, what the fuck, do 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 and he's, he's over here talking shit, like, it's just materialistic shit, like, no respect at all, like, and I'm tell you, yeah, I just met my mom and my sister that day, and, yeah, so, goes on, I still fucking stay with this fool, find out that this fool was a crystal addict, this fool was staying, sniffing, like, how the fuck do you get the money to get this shit, like, he was a fucking meth head, I guess you can say, I still moved out with him to Arizona, 
by myself, not, you know, having family out there, but I couldn't go see my family, I couldn't talk to my family, I couldn't even, like, you know, be on the phone with my parents without this who tripping, like, on some jealous shit, I couldn't even be talking to the homegirls or texting the homegirls, my coworkers, because this who thought that I was cheating on him, he thought I was talking to somebody else, he ended up losing his job because of some fuck shit he did, as in, um, it was New Year's Eve, and some shit popped out with his family on the way back. Like, I'm over here drunk as fuck, like, not knowing, like, much of where I'm at. And this was like, you know, like, find a fucking gas station. Like, we need fucking gas. If you don't fucking find a gas station, like, I'm gonna fuck you up, bitch. Like, all this shit, you know, like, being so fucking crude to me. And so, you know, I'm found a gas station. I'm trying to give him directions, and he's not listening to me. And I'm kind of like, no, like, this way, this way. Like, and then that's when he started fucking punching me out like he literally started socking the fuck out of me like in my face like left me two black eyes and then we pull up to the apartment and his cousin was there waiting for him you know to fuck that fool up because of some shit he did and you know there i am backing his ass up cops got there and i blamed his cousin for everything you know i was like you know his cousin did this like his cousin hit me like his cousin socked me out like i was just trying to stop it like instead of telling the cops the true fucking story you know time went on he ended up socking me out again at his aunt's house like badly like fucking me up outside like of the apartment complex i'm fucking yelling for help screaming for help and nobody nobody in the apartments came out like and at that point that's when i knew like you need to leave this shit you need to fucking leave this shit because that shit's not healthy for shit he fucked me up twice he damaged my car he got to a point that he ended up damaging my apartment like that night that i said i'm done that night, he was hitting me with the crowbar on my side when I was on the phone with the operator and got back home the next morning to pick up my shit. And instead of me doing the whole thing of calling the cops to let them know that I need a cop to escort me into my apartment to get my stuff, I just went by myself. That fool was there. He did the same shit. He started grabbing me with my hair, grabbing me with my shirt, telling me to get the fuck inside. And that's when he realized that I was on the phone with the operator again. And that fool bucked it. But when I tell you guys, he fucked up my apartment. He fucked everything up. Broken walls, broken windows. Everything was broken. Everything. Blood everywhere because he cut himself. Like, it was some psycho shit. He was calling me and telling me, please help me. Like, I want to go home. I want to go home. Like, how can you just leave me here? Like, please. Like, I just want to go home. We don't have to be together. Like, I just want to go home. Like, on some kid shit, talking about, like, I don't know what happened, like, down, like, the walls, the TV, like, crying, like, you don't be, like, a little bitch, like, please don't leave, like, all this fucking bullshit, like, please, can we, like, have our last shower together, can we have our last kiss, like, can we please just have our last meal together, like, at that point, I was like, dude, this guy needs help, <laughs> like, it was so fun, like, I'm like, if he gets locked up, I'll be happy as fuck. But at the same time, like, his family is a little bitch, so that they will still bail him out. That was the whole reason why he was out already, because he had got bailed out, and his baby mama bailed him out. And at that point, I was like, wait, this is some fishy shit. How is your baby mama gonna lock you up for DV and bail you out? So that's when I realized, like, your family sucked well as well. Your family 
is a fucking threat, just like you're a fucking threat. Your family literally fucking threatened your baby mama to bail you out. They scared the shit out of her just so she could bail you out. And she still ended up back with him after I left his ass, you know, after literally knowing what the fuck he did to me. And that's when I knew, like, bro, like, this is some literally psycho shit right here. So, yeah, I left. I came back home to California. After that, you know, I just changed my number. I blocked him. And, you know, he still kept on, like, having, like, people hit me up, like, on some undercover shit. Like, trying to, like, you know, get information off of me. And after that, that's when I decided to make a whole new Instagram. I decided just to, like, start fresh on my own. And now, a year later, you know, I realized, like, down counter like you literally went through shit that other people went through you went through shit that you never thought you were gonna go through and i always say like that I'm like i literally lived my mom's nightmare like my mom went through some shit with my pops you know my pops put my mom through hell and i'm like damn the fact that i had to go through hell too like what i did to deserve this and that's why i tell people if you see those little red flags, especially the whole bipolar mood swings on a fool, like, don't fall for it, you know? Don't fall for the fucking cry wolf shit because these fools are never going to change, ever. Damn. So there's levels to that shit, yo. Like, my heart was breaking. First time I heard that, I almost cried because that shit is fucked up and, like, no one deserves to go through that. And she is just, like, so strong. <laughs> like holy fuck and i'm just like so happy that you seem to be like good now like in a good place where you can look back and just like talk about it openly and i'm glad you were willing to share because like it's very similar to like the last girl's story like i feel like if she would have stayed with that guy it would have escalated to like mm -hmm. this and like usually the shit does does end up in like death yeah. like domestic violence, violence all that it's crazy and then just like the crystal meth and, like, the drugs. Yeah, and it's really interesting um, working at the jail because um, I will talk to uh, people, a lot of people like that, too, where, one, <laughs> I've told Ashley this before, don't do meth because you will end up in jail. I would say 90% of the people I see have done meth or did a lot of meth the day they got arrested, so don't do meth. Oh, what the but fuck does meth do to you? I I mean, it's a amphetamine, so it... Um, high energy you get crazy i'm guessing that like i mean you see people um you know um do a lot of impulsive stuff so i think that that's what it ha also has to do with is um, just being really impulsive um where you get into shit that you know ends up getting think, you arrested do you think it like affects people differently based on like maybe if you're predisposed to being like a violent person already or just like it's fair game like if you just do meth it's it seems pretty fair game because i mean you you see that there's people that do meth and you're like oh, okay that person did meth and like then you it just see, like changes like your brain yeah but and then you see people that are like oh you know and like i've been sex trafficked and you know they gave me meth or they gave me this and you know so it's just people that end up in jail because they were given meth but there's also but anyway um there's so many people that are like, oh, I'm in here because my baby mama, um, she said that I did this. Or there's even women that are like, 
oh my I I just had a woman that was like yeah my husband tried to pull shit where like you know he said that I beat him nah, nah, nah. and then yeah this time um my 13 year old daughter um got me in jail because she called the police da, 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 da. and I'm just like interesting you're like, lying <laughs> you have two different stories of two different people well, that try to lying on you yeah and you know um but a lot of these people they all I'll like i'll look and they have multiple charges for domestic violence and i'm just like really you're in here because your baby mama tried to like fake this thing for you really she beat herself up you keep telling yourself that sir like that's so <laughs> wild and just like the level like that they'll try to just manipulate yeah people on and like this story was just crazy to me like the fact that like his family was like supportive of his ways and like in on the shit with him like also That's fucking sad. psycho and backing him up yeah. like enabling him yeah. like it's so fucking no wonder sad. he believes it though you know no wonder why he just pushes through and keeps like saying whatever he wants to say because he's been enabled this whole time yeah everyone around him just like backs him up no matter yeah. what like and then um i also caught what this person was saying was that um she was living her mom's nightmare so you know her mom went through it too and it you know it's like an intergenerational trauma where she ends up experiencing the same the same thing that her mother probably never wanted her to have to experience personally yeah and like i don't know the statistics but i know i've like heard it before how like usually if like you're a victim of domestic violence like it's more likely that your kids will be involved in yeah. domestic violence yeah. as if you well. don't heal from it if you kind of keep similar patterns around them then they you know, are more likely to experience it as well. Yeah, it's crazy, but that's, like, why it's a good thing that, like, she got herself out of that and that mm -hmm. she could look back and, like, realize. And, like, it seems like both these girls, like, have, like, a new mindset and, like, can see that and, like, hopefully can keep pushing forward mm -hmm. and be strong because, like, that's some crazy shit to go through. Like, that really takes the cake on, like, fucking psycho shit, you know? Like, it's scary. Like, that's really terrifying and, like that first red flag him ripping her necklace off and like breaking her shit that's probably gonna escalate and like yeah. that's usually where it starts they like kind of just like test you and they usually um hit things that aren't them like walls and stuff like that to just sort of threaten and show you what they're capable of and then eventually when um like it's he, he did the the very stereotypical thing where you know they moved to a different state um she wasn't allowed to leave so he like separated her physically and isolation then, yep and just keep isolating her more and more and more where suddenly she's now tracking on her phone and all those kinds of things it's just it's very typical and common and you it starts with you know just one red flag that you have to really keep an eye out for that's crazy man that is wild and like Ugh, I just like wish I knew like the science behind like why people are like that I mean obviously drug use and like I guess like for both of these they both didn't know that like they were using drugs <laughs> I don't know do you know like much about drugs or like what it looks like when someone's on drugs or like how to spot it like early because I feel like unless you do drugs you don't fucking know no I especially for meth I don't know any casual meth um users <laughs> is there such thing as like a casual they according to the inmates they're like oh no I just see a little meth here and there and I'm like I'm just like a <laughs> social meth head yeah like, just a little just a little I'm like oh okay uh that's crazy I don't know is that usually like a, a do you do like a certain drug first and then get into meth like how the fuck do you get into meth you know Mm, like yeah i mean it's usually like pills it could be pills yeah i mean like 
you know, ecstasy, sometimes you have to be careful because that could be cut with meth. And that's why, you know, if um, people will be like, oh, yeah, I didn't sleep forever after I took that molly or whatever. I'm like, was it molly? <laughs> probably laced with some meth. <laughs> We're being real. So you have to be careful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, unless you're, like, getting, like, really good, expensive, good drugs, like, from the source, yeah. then you're probably getting some shit that's cut with yeah. something. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you have to be careful. Yeah, that sucks because it's like, how the fuck do you know if like your partner is like on fucking drugs? Like, you really have no especially idea. Especially if you're, you know, if your family didn't come from meth addicts or anything, you don't know what that looks like, and it just looks like weird behavior. You just think they're like a little off. Like, yeah. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. Love him. <laughs> so yeah. quirky sometimes. Yeah. Ugh, that's terrifying. I don't know. I guess you just gotta like really just stay vigilant. Yeah, especially, um, you know, both of these girls met their partners through Tinder. So they didn't have those um, connections of like, oh, yeah, my friend said that he's cool or my friend knew him at this age or whatever. Whereas like you kind of can have someone else give you a little rundown of their personality or how they are with others. So when you meet someone on Tinder, it's just like that's their best chance at you know, getting close with others because no one really knows their behavior yet and they don't have anyone be like, dude, watch out for that person because they're this way. So that's, you know, something to think about. Yeah, actually, I feel like I saw something that said, like, most people on dating apps have some kind of, like, insecure attachment style and, like, Mm. that's why they end up just, they're looking for something, which, like, it's not a bad thing. It's not to say everyone on there is, like, that way, But it should be, like, something you think about going into Tinder is realizing you don't know shit about these people. That's a gamble you have to take. Like, at least when you meet people, like, in real life, you met them in, like, a real setting where they would be out with their friends or with whoever. It's, like, a friend of a friend or somebody knows them. Like, there's no way to vet people on Tinder. Like, you're literally just showing people what you want them to see. Yeah. So I would say if you are going to choose to go on a dating app to take it extra slow because it is a lot to learn about a person from like square one you know what I mean yeah and definitely be careful for like that love bombing because if you don't know about love bombing it could just seem like you just found prince charming so just be careful if like someone's just like overly loving and overly willing to do things for you right away and like saying I love you all fast like it might be kind of hard to decipher between someone that's just really into you but just note it and then see their behavior moving forward like how Mm -hmm. she said like oh like the bipolar thing which is pretty much just mood swings like you know i don't know if he's actually bipolar but just like those crazy like dr jekyll mr Hyde Mm -hmm. flip of a switch being sweet and then just fucking snaps that's scary Mm -hmm. like you need to be careful with people like that yeah (sighs) all right well That was crazy. Happy Halloween almost to everyone. Thank you so much, Steph, for joining me. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Uh, You got any plans for Halloween? Uh, Are we hanging out? Yeah, on Saturday. Wild 7 Halloween party. Got any uh, costume suggestions? Send them our way. (laughs) For real. We both don't know what we're going to be yet. So send us a cute, like, couple costume ideas, whatever. Again, thank you so much to everyone that sent in your psycho stories. That shit was wild. Girls are strong. (laughs) For real. Like sending so much love and strength to you. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Day one listeners, new listeners. Shout out to Wild Seven Studios again. Um, 
yeah and thank you again Steph for stopping by blessing us with your knowledge and all that everyone figure out your attachment styles go look into it go pick up that book attached to that I am reading I'll try to give updates I'm a really slow uh, reader which is why I haven't given updates I feel like I mentioned that I was reading this book like episode two of the season <laughs> um it takes me a lot to just sit down and focus on one thing my brain's just always like go 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 so yeah um happy halloween everyone have a good weekend happy birthday to mariah the scientist we'll listen to more of her music and you guys have a beautiful night day weekend week and we'll see you next time bye bye